what is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Hosher Half Hour. Can I just say, we're eating this season, like chomp chomp, in terms of an- story and animation. There's a lot we have to talk about today, but I got my turn to simp hard. It's the Grass Hashira on the mic today, and I have my two homies with me. Hi guys, happy to be here again today, and boy oh boy, we've had a lot of of men that we've been waiting to see animated this season. And may I emphasize men. (laughs) Um, And today we are definitely eating with Mr. Choso. So I'm excited to just jump right on into it. What's up everybody. I am just sitting here thinking about the fact that I went to a convention this weekend and I bought two t-shirts. One of them has Mr. Overtime. (laughs) (laughs) uh and the other one is actually kaneki from tokyo ghoul for those of you who don't know haven't watched it yet so i i'm proud of myself for not getting a demon slayer t-shirt that's all i have to say growth like i said earlier yes exactly this is this is the character arc she needed folks we'd love to see it well, with that being said, let's get this Mujin trainer rolling. The episode starts off with Yuji running into Inumaki. We haven't seen much of the man a few words. What do you guys think of him and his overall character design and as a character in the story? Isn't his power kind of cool and we get to see it applied pretty immediately? I love Inumaki. And Jenna, when you're listening in, who's almost caught up, I know she was so excited to see her boy on the screen for the first time this season, I was really happy to see him. I think that his like his fighting style and his design is really, really interesting. And one of my favorite ones in the show, first of all, it's one of the ones that's a little bit more, at least for me, easy to understand, which is why he says salmon all the time or tuna mayo or whatnot. But it was really, really cool to see him just show up to help Yuji after he's like kind of freaking out over how much stuff is happening right here. What did he say? He said, uh, don't move. And I was like, Mm -hmm. yes, to that whole crowd. Like, that's so helpful. That's such a helpful technique in a situation like this. So super excited to see him. Obviously, this was very short lived, but hope to see more of him soon. Likewise, 100%. I really like Inumaki. I think that his curse technique is really inventive and fun. You know, some are like much more straightforward. It's like he has a super strong punch. Like, okay. (laughs) But the cursed speech is fun, and I imagine it being perfect for somebody like Inumaki. The way that he strikes me is, like, more introverted by necessity, having to be maybe a little bit more intellectual than somebody whose technique is just hard punch. (laughs) Um, I think it's really fun that, like, his gentle phrases are, like, just a bunch of, like, different fish names and, like, food names. I'm like, not only is my boy shy and sweet, but he's hungry. And, and this is, you know, how we have to communicate. So that is the only downside I can imagine is that when he's actually, actually hungry and he wants one of the things, I imagine it's hard to differentiate, but maybe not. Maybe he just points. I don't know. But I love him. He's sweet. I hope we get to see more of him. His technique is powerful. I hope that it's powerful enough for Shibuya. We'll see. Oop. Yeah. Don't make me nervous here. <laughs> Shake, shake. Shake, shake. Actually, that means salmon, and that is his word for yes. So that's a fun fact you can take away from today's episode. It's not the Shibuya era secret, though. Don't worry. We got another one of those. 
Now, before we get to the main event of the episode, I want to talk about the lead up to it. So tell me how you feel about the way that Shibuya Station is completely empty in the parts we see when we know that it's somewhere that's usually packed with people as Japan has such a dense population. Isn't it eerie? Oh my gosh, it's any any time that you stumble upon like any place that's supposed to be like flush with humans and like with activity and it's not is like extraordinarily eerie because it feels almost like valley of the uncanny right or like when you do see something it's gonna be like just like there's something like familiar but very off about it so it's like even if it's a place you've seen a million times even for us it's like we've never been to shibuya station but we've seen it in different formats and different media like several times or places that are inspired by it and i think that this is the first time I've seen it empty other than maybe Alice in Borderland that actually has a really famous Shibuya crossing scene too. And it's eerie both times, no matter whether it's animated or it's like live action in the case of the other show, it's like there's something really wrong about a place that's clearly built to hold so many people holding none. And it's like, and where did they go? Because we know that there were a lot of them. We saw, we saw what Gojo had to do a couple episodes ago. So like what's happened did he take them all out? Like, I don't think so. The station's enormous. Like, it's, you know, it's not the one platform that he would have been on. So, like, they're not here. Where are they? Are they going to pop out? Like, I don't like that. I don't like the feeling of uncertainty. But it adds to the mood of the scene. I was going to say, oh, we're going to go to Japan in a few years and we'll go to Shibuya Station. And now I'm like, do we want to go to Shibuya? <laughs> yes we'll go to Shibuya but it's very eerie you know I try and think of it like you know if people don't understand just how densely populated the station always is think of like Times Square think of like the subways in New York and make those completely empty and that's you know to if that helps like in your brain understand like just what's going on here because it can be easy to just be like oh like there's no one there whatever but they're doing a very good job at reminding us that that's like extremely eerie and like doesn't happen and also kind of adds a little bit for me at least mystery to what's going on because it's like Emily said when Gojo was fighting a few episodes ago there were all these humans and now like we haven't seen one for a while outside of these transformed humans so we can obviously put together that probably a lot of those people have been transformed but where's all the others you know, I, I've been sitting here thinking that, like, you can't just clear out something as densely populated as Shibuya Station on Halloween, by the way, which even though this year they, like, told people to not do it, which didn't have anything to do with Jujutsu Kaisen. It was more because of what happened in Korea last year. But there were still people there. Like, there were lots of people there. People were live streaming from it, and it was crowded. So, you take the fact that it's already always crowded and you add to it that it was Halloween and it's more crowded and it's like, where are they? And it like gives me this feeling in the pit of my stomach that they're either all transformed or all dead because you know that the people that have been in charge of this whole situation, the Shibuya incident don't care and, or want them dead because, you know, we've got, ghetto aka whatever the person's name is that's actually in charge of his body you know who wants to eradicate the world of people without cursed technique or cursed energy so oh, eerie halloween vibes for sure 
well thought out answers from both of you. I really like both those answers. Those are really good. Yeah. Not to mention, happy belated Halloween to you folks as we're listening or as whenever we post this. So keep that in mind. I hope you all had a safe and fun one. Now we go back into it and Yuji makes his last leap down the escalator and lands squared up with Choso. The first time they show Choso in this episode, he look straight up like a snack. Okay. Let me be real. That tired boy. He just looks fine. Okay. First thing happens here. He sees him. He's like, Yuji Itadori, the man who killed my brothers. I'm about to kill you. And he fires his blood off and Yuji gets stabbed. And I know we kind of touched on this before, but do you think that there's a little bit of a mismatch here between Yuji and Choso? Absolutely. First of all, I remember right before like Shibuya started, all my friends were like talking about Choso and how excited they were to see him and like how beautiful he was. And I was like, first of all, I didn't even remember that he was in season one. I still don't remember. I really need to go back and rewatch. But <laughs> I was like, mm, he's fine. And then I looked at him in this episode and I was like, Oh, he's fine. <laughs> Mappa, <laughs> please relax. Don't actually relax, okay? Um, actually, relax. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> this fight instantly for me feels very mismatched because Yuji is a very close range fighter and Choso is a very long range fighter. And whenever those kinds of fights happen, the close range fighter is always at a disadvantage because they need to get in close to actually be able to, you know, fight back, but they're just constantly on the defensive because they can't get any hits in since the long range fighter is like keeping them at bay. So obviously it's a little bit mismatched. Um, Yuji has already like been a little bit hurt in the fight against the old guy a few episodes ago, you know, like he got kind of scratched or whatever with the knife. And then we instantly see him take, uh, you know, something through the arm and he's like completely got a hole in his arm and it's like, Oh, okay. So yeah, I don't feel good about this fight. It doesn't feel like he really has a chance, but at the same time, he's the main character and I won't say anything say yet. I won't say anything yet until we get later on in the episode. <laughs> okay, Haley. Where did that accent come from? I won't say anything <laughs> yet, but I'm going to say something. You know, Haley, if you're listening, I know. I rep you, girl. Oh, my gosh. I mean, yes, this fight probably is mismatched. I think I was speculating last episode about, like, could this end in a draw? because of like are are they like equal and opposite kind of thing like could they counter each other like if yuji gets close enough to be able to land a blow yuji's like ridiculously strong even as a human who knows with like technically this bottled up energy he has now inside of him from like sakuna and the fingers that he's eaten but he he's like a freak of nature anyway like <laughs> and that goes back to episode one Choso, of course, has, like, blood manipulation, which is horrifying and clearly works really well long distance. And we see Yuji gets messed up, like, right away. Like, he takes a shot, like, basically straight through the arm. And 
I thought that MAPPA did a really cool job with the animating of all these different blood attacks, which we can talk a little bit more about in a few minutes. But even just starting with this first one, like the speed, I think, and also like the liquidity of it is like, it's solid while Choso is shooting it. But I think that it like dissipates really quickly because really it's just like how fast it's moving that it almost is like perceived as that solid before it can just melt away and leave no evidence. It's creepy. It's like, I, I, I don't like blood manipulation in anything. And I feel like a couple different animes use it. I don't really love the characters. So it's a good thing that Choso is fine because otherwise I would think that he's creepy as hell. <laughs> Anything with blood I'm not good with though. So maybe I'm not a good judge. <clears throat> I love that. Yeah, I did think that was really cool the way they animated it. And I can't wait to talk about what comes next. But once we get a break from kind of what I would call round one of the fight, Choso asks if his brothers had any last words. What do you think the purpose of that was? And what did you think of Choso's reaction? I mean, I think as far as purpose, I think he probably genuinely wanted to know. Like, you know, did they have some kind of will that they want me to carry on? Or like, just like maybe a sense of closure? Because he seems like a good big brother in like a weird twisted way. You can tell that like, that, like he has a lot of built up rage and like he wants to avenge them, which like, of course he does. I think, I think a lot of people who care for their siblings would probably want to do the same. Um, that being said, like Yuji's response is something to the effect of like, oh, like they didn't really have any last words, but they did cry before they died, which brings me back to season one and like, man, it's like, it's sadder than I thought. And it's like, but it's like out of necessity, like it's out of, but, and Yuji's I think felt conflicted about that ever since, like ever since he and Nobara had to kind of take that on. I think that it's the first time he realized like there might be some kind of weird blood on our hands, but like, this is the nature of things. And this is like the food chain and hopefully there aren't consequences. Choso shows up, here are the consequences of my <laughs> actions. So, I don't know. I don't know that there was a deeper purpose, in my opinion, of him just asking other than purely wanting to know and knowing about Yuji's character enough to, to know that he probably would get a, an honest answer. As far as Choso's reaction, pretty much exactly what I expected. Like, he was already pissed off, now he's even angrier because... Imagine getting told that, like, your siblings had no last words. They just cried together without you because you weren't there to protect them in, like, their final moments. Like, that's pretty unimaginable. So I understand why he's so upset. Even if, I don't know. I don't know that it's even misplaced. It's just sad. It's just, like, th this fight's kind of just tragic all around because even though Yuji doesn't necessarily want to kill things that are innocent i guess it's like it's like how innocent can a curse be was he wrong for doing what he did but also here's somebody who's like immediately suffering the impact of that and the loss and grieving a family so it's rough i'm She's gonna about say to make a demon slayer reference Yes, I am because okay. Obviously, and you, I think you kind of knew this because like Big Brothers. So 
I just, I sit here and I imagine, I'm like, okay, like, let's, let's put ourselves in his shoes because we do that so much. If the character is in his shoes and a main character, we feel empathy for them. We feel bad for them, you know, like, but how different is this from, you know, Tanjiro facing Muzan, right? And, you know, yelling at him to, you know, that he was going to like, what did he say in episode seven? Like, I'm going to chase you down to the depths of hell and cut you off, cut your head off with my own blade. Like, now, granted, Muzan's just a bad guy and Yuji killed Choso's brothers because they were doing bad things. But, you know, it it's a brother's love for his little siblings. He wasn't there to protect them. He's facing the killer of his siblings. And what so many shows does well is it's like, we still in this situation, I think we're, we're cheering for Yuji. You know, Yuji is the main character. He is always trying to do what's right. But at the same time, like we feel for Choso because it's like at the end of the day, he's just a big brother who couldn't protect his little siblings. And now he's getting the chance to avenge them essentially. Um, he's also killing innocent lives. That's what kind of, you know, obviously makes it different. But I think that he asked it because he's only had one goal since they died. And that's been to take down Yuji. Like he's this entire season just been like, okay, can I kill Yuji? Okay. If I find him, can I kill him? Like <laughs> That's all he wants to do. But again, that's kind of like what Tachiro is doing. He's like, if I see him, I'm killing him. Uh, you know, that's another conversation for another day. But, like, it's very similar. Just two sides of the coin, essentially. So, it did make me feel a little emotional, you know? And it, it humanizes our villains a little bit more. And also, he's just really pretty. And he's really pretty. And I like that about it. Yeah. Oh, man. You feel more for the people that are, like, pretty to look at. You're like, hmm, you're evil, but, like, I don't want you to die because I want to keep looking at you pretty privilege <laughs> nonetheless but from there on out it's a pure fight scene until Mechamaru shows up and let's just talk about this round of the fight because this was insane i'll start off with a little thing there was a piece and this is my favorite moment i'm gonna spoil it a little early but there was a point where yuji's rolling on the ground and it's when the blood is like coming down almost and then you see a splash of blood and there's like stars in the animation so like those four pointed stars it reminds me of studio trigger in like kill a kill or a grin login animation it's so pretty and i think that mappa just did a really great job episode uh making this round flow really well because kind of like hannah said that contradiction between a long range fighter and that short range fighter they really did a good job on making these things kind of show up and also when yuji just got stabbed in the foot with a blood blade like that was amazing yeah he was taking a lot of hits he also was like he got like burned and on his back because of the like explosion ones which was interesting yeah, I mean, I, I can't watch a good fight scene like this without shouting out the animators. I will say one thing. I am shouting out the animators and not the CEO of MAPPA because that man is digging himself into a hole right now with his interviews and I do not support the CEO of MAPPA. However, I do support the animators that are working tirelessly, many of them actually tweeting about being disappointed in themselves and apologizing 
when they feel like the animation is not up to par of what they think they can because they're being overworked. So I just feel like this is a good time to say the animators are amazing. We love them. We support them and we support fair work environments. We support them getting enough sleep and not being overworked and being fed properly. And we do not support the overwork that the CEO is giving them. That being said, (laughs) this was just a really incredible fight scene. And again, I don't know if I really have a like a favorite moment from the this part of the fight scene to really call out. I do think that my nerves grew because I I felt it was clear and like Emily said Yuji is so so powerful if he can get a hit in. He's not getting a hit in because Choso is just so strong at his long range attacks. Yuji is just forced to be on the defensive the entire time. And this is like dangerous stuff. I think he even mentions like he, you know, he's like, I, if I try to dodge this for this period of time, and I'm paraphrasing here, I don't know exactly what he said, but like, I have a 50, 50 chance of surviving, you know? And then he's like, well, I got to at least be the one that decides when he makes a shot and jumps. And that's just how tough this fight is is that he's literally like yeah like I can try to dodge this but I still only have a 50-50 shot because of how quick he is and like his I almost said blood demon art (laughs) his I mean his blood goes kind of it's so fast and so sharp like essentially all it needs to do is hit usually right here and bam it's over or a lot of different places but this fight is so, so well done and I think embellish um, the manga really, really, really well. Because again, and this happens in a lot of manga, it's not exclusive to Jujutsu Kaisen, but sometimes it's hard to tell exactly like what's going on, especially in fight scenes when it's condensed to just a handful of panels. Obviously, if we're going to talk about Demon Slayer, like Entertainment District is a really great example of fights being embellished i think that this is a fight that stands out on a similar ranking list in my opinion as far as like embellishing upon the manga i thought that this fight was so well done i actually was fortunate that i did not see a ton of hate for this particular episode Uh, it'll be my turn to talk about this in episode nine but i actually felt like this was pretty well received at least in the corners of the internet that i'm on and for good reason, like it was really fluid. The choreography was really well done. And I think that that's interesting because of all the fights we've seen so far, this one's also probably the most dimly lit. So I, I felt that it balanced that really well. And even with the complaints of Mappa, like overall dimming the episodes, like this just happened to take place in a darker arena for our two fighters. And I felt like there was never a point where I couldn't see anything or it was unclear, like, the motion that was happening. And if anything, I think that it heightened the tensity of the scene to have it take place primarily in the dark and the motion of the blood and the color quality of the blood as well in the dark was really cool and helped it to stand out. Um, Again, I talked about a few minutes ago, like, how I think that the blood was so menacing and I do think even more so animated than in the manga because of the fluidity of it, the liquidity of, and and like the, the changing like matter of the substance was like so eerie and not what I imagined when I had been reading the manga 
the way that it attacks or like like it can shoot in like this straight line or like bullets or it can like rain down and like piercing droplets but then it like peels off of yuji's face i thought that that was so cool because it also shows how quickly it can change the form and how much control choso has over it making him a very very strong adversary and not a good enemy for yuji even if yuji's fast even if he's strong and a little bit OP because we know that he's the main character and he now has like this hidden secret. Well, maybe it's not really a secret. I think Choso knows, but still, uh, as a human fighting against somebody who has the ability to manipulate this so quickly, I don't know that he really stands a fair chance, especially because as of right now, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of weakness in Choso or his will to get this done. So. I just thought that this was so well done. This is one of my favorite fights in Jujutsu Kaisen. I feel like I'm saying that a lot this season, but it's true. It's true. They keep like building upon one another and they're all happening at the same time in different places. And this just like adds another gem to their crown. Yeah, I'll add a quick little caveat to what I mentioned before. The... The tweets from the animators like apologizing and stuff does come from the next episode. This episode has gotten pretty much nothing but love. Uh, I agree. It's one of my, if not my favorite fights in Jujutsu Kaisen so far. But with like the timing of when we are recording this, it like the interview with the CEO of MAPA came out today and there's just been a lot going on and animators have been tweeting about it and talking about their working situation. So I felt it was important to call it out now to say that like we're in full support of these animators and we believe in their rights to have better working conditions because they're working very hard for us and they're they're putting out some really incredible stuff 100 percent. i had no idea about either of these portions of internet commentary however i do have one thing to say shut up Stop criticizing animators. Seriously. Oh my God. Shut it's so up. annoying. Listen, They're working their I don't tails care. off. I know it's not the people listening to this. Yeah, right? Like, roast me in the comments if you want to. That's okay. I can take the heat. But don't you dare put that man who is scribbling at his desk, who has like, got two kids at home, who one of them had a birthday that he missed, and it's because he put out this Jujutsu Kaisen episode. Okay. Don't you dare. Also, CEO of MAPPA, I'll at him as well. You, shut up. Stop doing that to your animators, literally. Like, they are literally building you an empire that you are treating them like nothing. Please don't do that. So those are my thoughts. I'm feeling bold today. I'm feeling controversial. Cancel me if you will. I don't know. Nonetheless... <laughs> Back to it. Mekamaru shows up and he comes up with a plan that leads Yuji to the restroom. Good break time, right? So, for one of us who's an anime only, what were your thoughts on Yuji going in there and also out of nowhere, right? Just like, let's go to the bathroom. And for my fellow manga reader, how do you think the anime compared to what we saw in the panels? Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like I just touched on the panels a little bit, but it it just continues to embellish upon this. You know, Mekamaru chimes in, which is like kind of startling for Yuji and probably for us. Like it almost takes me out for a second because it's kind of goofy. But he's like, 
oh, you're fighting Choso. That's exactly like, or, or like he has the blood technique, which is like, I, I'm forgetting his name, but it was the guy from the other school in the first season. And it's like from that family. It's like a secret technique within that family. And so Mechamaru's like, I actually don't know that much about like this blood technique. I don't actually really know how to help you too much, but blood is thicker than water, right? <laughs> so how about we go this way and see what happens? <laughs> and so it almost like, it's kind of silly. It's almost like a shot in the dark. And part of the reason it's silly is also because Yuji is just kind of inherently silly and like reacting in such a pure way, even though he just kind of got his, his ass rocked by like <laughs> Choso and he's like hiding like the classic, like hiding. And then uh, you're just like hearing things getting destroyed in the background <laughs> while he's like crouching. Also, there was a really cool design element here with like the uh, subway posters that he was hiding behind. Um, yeah. And like, like, like all the different stages of like Shibuya going on in like just the design of the subway art that would usually be hanging but like very clearly alluding to like everything that's going on in Shibuya so shout out to that little easter egg I had a lot of fun catching that but I thought yeah I don't know I just I feel like everything about this episode really enhanced what was in the manga so very very pleased with our MAPPA animators and our storyboard artists too who would have come up with some of this thought it was so cool my thoughts on Yuji going there <clears throat> trying to put myself into Hannah's shoes from when she was watching this the first time now that I've seen this episode a couple times I had an idea I felt like I felt like water would be a fairly decent match to this technique I didn't know how and I I just felt like more like it could more be almost a shield to kind of like okay if blood hits like a, a shield of water I don't think it would really be able to do much but I didn't know exactly what the plan was in the bathroom, but as soon as I started hearing the crashes, I was like, oh, he's breaking everything, so that water is everywhere. Okay, like, I'm on to something here. I will say when Mekamaru was like, oh, I fought someone like this. I have no idea. <laughs> and Yuji was like, bro. <laughs> and then Mekamaru very nonchalantly goes, like, this, you know this is like the only chance I have one idea. If it doesn't work, brace yourself for death. <laughs> I just thought that was such a funny comment. <laughs> like He was so chill about it. He's like, this has a 40% chance of working and it is the only chance that I give you. If it doesn't work, brace yourself for death, man. Like that's, that's the only <laughs> thing I can give you. <laughs> It's like you're not bracing yourself. Sounds good. And Yuji was like, like Okay. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Got it. Got it. Because like he has one brain cell, and it's kind of with Megami right now. <laughs> cool. cool death. Death. <laughs> no. The Barbie movie. Um, <laughs> oh no. Oh no. I I still haven't seen the Barbie movie, but he's enough. Yeah. I, was... <laughs> I I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I kind of had a feeling it had something to do with water. And as soon as he started breaking things, I was like, okay, like, there's going to be something that goes down here to kind of try and, and turn the fight. Because why else would 
Mechamar will be like, I'm going to send you to the one dead end in this place. Like, at least the other option is to run somewhere where you can attempt to escape. Fair. And I think this was an interesting way because, right, the water did help kind of eliminate some of these issues. And, right, he does reveal his true intent that the water might be able to stop Choso's technique so that they could use the water from the sprinklers and stuff to kind of stop that manipulation, which I think was really genius. So uh, kind of going on from there, this kind of introduces round three of the fight, right? So with that being said, what did you guys think of the bathroom fight sequence? And how did you guys think that this kind of played out differently? Well, this was probably the biggest edge up that Yuji was able to get on Shoso throughout. I mean, Yuji was getting rocked like this entire time. So while using his brain cell is not always his strongest suit, it's like like you have to, if the brute force is matched, you have to try to fight with your mind. And so just thinking about like the properties of blood scientifically and like how you might be able to get an edge up on that makes a lot of sense and yet it took Mechamaru help helping but we did get to that point so you know like when blood is mixed with water it's gonna thin out which makes sense we know that that's like a true property and so it's like not able to clot anymore and like become as firm or like as solid of a form as it would be otherwise so this is really smart um, and that means that Yuji has a chance to be able to get a little bit closer. Choso is smart and physically talented. And so he has a plan too. And, you know, so, so basically he's able to like keep one small clot in his hand that he's going to save and use for the climax of this fight, which we'll get to in a moment. But until then, Yuji actually looks like he's getting the upper hand. And I don't know. Maybe I like part of me wonders like, is it possible the water was even slowing him down a little bit though too, for fear of like literally like as goofy as this would be, just like slipping. And uh, but you know like like how to remain like so nimble in a fight like this that's complicated by water for both parties. It's really interesting. And again, I thought that this was animated really really well. This one is actually a direct reference. Let me recall the name of the movie. I believe it's called Raid. Is that it? And yeah. So if you look if you look this up on like TikTok or whatever, you're going to see like all so this is like the famous like stance between like like some of these scenes and like the stances that they've done are like direct references to this old movie called Raid and that's like a super fun thing that was in the manga too that um Gage clearly was a fan of but it's like even more obvious and so like some of that is like we've got the bathroom scene which has like a nod to some of these like raid stances but also like to other like famous fighting movies that happen in the dark in bathrooms and it's just really cool to see like how how cinematic this episode is I think I think it is like a cut above the rest in that regard it's really cool Yeah, you had a lot of good points there. This was my favorite part of this fight scene, honestly, because like Emily said, it feels like, you know, Yuji's getting a bit of an upper hand and it's because of Mechamara's plan. Like we touched on, you know, like blood can't really coagulate or congeal, whatever word you want to use in the water. So that kind of puts 
Choso at a disadvantage here. He's still very smart, though, so we obviously know that he's still keeping that little bit so that he can use it with great force, which he does, shooting him essentially like with a bullet through the liver, which is like not good. Um, that's like fatal. So, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, main character. Oops. <laughs> uh. <laughs> nah. All right. Megan um, the Stallion. <laughs> this was such a good fight scene though. And to kind of backtrack a little bit, it's so funny though, because I know I've said this so many times, but anime always says this to us where it's like, okay, the ties are turning for our hero. We almost always start like fights where it's like, oh, this is not good. Like we're not doing great. Oh, our hero's doing better. Okay. They came up with an idea. You know, he used his brain cell that Mario gave him <laughs> and he's like being a bit smarter. I also agree that if I were in his shoes, I would have slipped and fallen on my face and died that way. I think that every time I watch anime fights, because I'd be the one that would like, especially like in Demon Slayer, they're fighting at nighttime. It's so dark outside and your eyes adjust. But at the same time, like I would literally like step on a twig and <laughs> trip and then dead. <laughs> like, um, So Yuji, like it has to be kind of thinking about like water and stuff. But yeah, anime does this. Like, we're feeling good, we're feeling great, and then we get a hit through the liver, which is fatal. So, not great. Also, he then was like, oh, like, he kept fighting after that. And then he was like, oh, well, I haven't been using, I think it was his left fist for like a hot minute, because he was like gathering energy in that fist. So again, he's he's using his brain, you know, at, I guess in a life or death situation, you have to like tap into some some smarts there for sure. And then Choso, like he hit Choso, and he's like, "What? That's not exactly something that uh, that's not the the feeling I thought I was gonna feel." And Choso's like lifting up his shirt, and I saw I saw that that wasn't in the manga. I saw that Mappa was like, "Yeah, we're going to animate this man shirtless with." a sixth pack and the manga was just like he just lifted up the tiny bit of his shirt to show off what was going on so mappa i see you i see you <laughs> but it was just like oh yuji's fine oh he's definitely not oh is he kind of fine but at least taking him out oh he's he's not fine he's not okay wah, wah, wah. but yeah i i agree with a lot of what you both said i really love this fight scene in this half of the fight, I feel like the entire episode was a fight scene and it sprinkled story progression in it. But I really liked the way that the cameras were flipping through the stalls, the way that everything was moving. I love that also Mekamaru was egging on Choso to get into the bathroom too. He's like, you're just like your uh, siblings. So easy to manipulate when we talk about each other. And it was just kind of funny. I thought that was very interesting. Also, another interesting piece that I found about this scene was just the way that Yuji kind of approached everything. And I also, kind of before this, skipping back, I did see a Naruto-Sasuke reference fight. Um, and Emily, I hope you caught it too, where it was the kick and then the... The pat-pat-pat. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Might need to go look again. Should... I know a lot of famous fights were referenced for this one, though, which is probably why it looked so good. So Accurate. I'll send you what I'm thinking about later. But nonetheless, I think this is a really cool scene. But as we mentioned, unfortunately, this scene does not end well. 
And even though Yuji only got three hits in on him and he did that much damage to Choso, it still wasn't enough. And the fight ends, unfortunately, and Yuji's down and out. However, it's not over quite yet. And we get a really cool visual of Sakuna showing up. And he does something very interesting. With that being said, he implants memories in a Choso that show Yuji as one of his brothers. Why do you think he did this? I was hella confused. I'm still confused because I've seen a few memes, not necessarily spoilers, but like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, I will say I, I was going to say something earlier and my... My nerves for Yuji were strong, but not that strong, because literally we've already seen him die in the show. Like, straight up heart ripped out of his chest, dies, and then Sukuna's like, ha <laughs> Back to life, man! Even though Sukuna was, like, the reason he died. So, in this fight, it's high stakes, and obviously, like, he could just choose to let Yuji die, but I felt like that's probably not going to happen because Sukuna lives inside of him. I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of spitballing here because I don't, it's been so long since I've watched season one. I don't fully remember how like it works with Sukuna living inside of him. So I can't like make a complete like, oh, this is what happened. However, whenever I see Yuji fight, I always have that in the back of my mind. Like, you know, things are are probably going to be okay because he like has the demon living inside him essentially. So, um still rough to watch, still hard to see him pretty much dead. Like he is he's like barely breathing, you know. Um but Choso is not able to make the final blow after Sukuna was like, uh, like you lose to this man, weak. Yo I I don't know what to make of this scene with the memories. Uh, the narrator very clearly in, in our translation said that Sukuna showed him memories that don't exist. I, I, I can't help but wonder if they're actually real in some way and somehow these two are related because we don't know that much about Yuji's family. Like, again, I, I will say this again. I really need to rewatch season one. I'm just waiting until season two gets close to being over so I can watch it with Jordan. But I feel like we just don't really know much about Yuji's family. Like he, he had his grandpa at the beginning, his grandpa died and that's pretty much all we know. So I'm like, hey, I mean, it, it, could, it could be real. It, it could be fake. I'm seeing memes on the internet that makes me believe that it's somewhat real. But I don't, I don't know. I think that I am going to respectfully withhold most of my answer for this question because I'm a manga reader and I think I'm just going to leave it there. But I do think that the way that this was done was really interesting with like the fuzzy, almost like home camcorder video grain that was done on this map, like very, very clearly a memory, even more clearly than hidden inventory was like a flashback that interesting interesting difference this is like a memory that was a dream i think that's cool how mappa animators are able to like differentiate between reality and like anything that is not quite reality why did sakuna do this though I'm, i think i'm gonna hold back i think i'd like to come back to this in a while if that's okay oh yeah that's perfectly acceptable but to remind you about how sakuna actually works within yuji 
so what, what happens is is Yuji has a I think it's a binding pact in which Sukuna says the word unshackle and he has free reign over his body for one minute. And he is not allowed to harm Yuji during that time. That is how that contract works, if I'm not mistaken. But if nothing else, let's get to favorite moments. I did already spoil mine. The first one is that, like I said, that studio trigger animation and i think that was really cool the second one is going to be when sakuna shows up his eyes kind of look like a sharingan like the black and the red i and like there's like little tomoe there so i thought that was a really cool animation oh man can i say the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) but but I, th- I think that, like, in general, like, it just has to be, like, a general note for, like, just how well this fight was done. In- if I'm going to pick one just particular frame, it's one that I already mentioned, but I love, again, the quality of the blood, but especially that shot where it's, like, hitting Yuji and then getting immediately peeled off of him. I just thought that that was, like, so gorgeous and not what I expected. Again, based on reading the manga, I thought it was a choice that just yeah really embellished and made it even better this was like such a strong episode no notes (laughs) this was a super strong episode i feel like it's probably it could be my favorite episode of jjk as a whole because no at no point in season one did i ever have this much like (gasps) like excitement over the episode and never have I like never have I ever <laughs> never have I like desired to rewatch an episode so quickly like I did with this one so there is that that being said I've, I love all the fight sequences I'm a girl who likes fight sequences like I'll be real with y'all I think I touched on this when we talked about like our recap of this of the most recent ep- or season of Demon Slayer is like it's lower on my list simply because I want like fight scenes come on fight scenes the the backstory is great and it's important and i don't think it was bad i just i like fight scenes that's what i look for however my favorite moment was mechamaro telling nuchi like uh yeah like i have one idea and it's gonna like you know get you in here and you're gonna be stuck in there if it doesn't work brace yourself for death like the wording was so funny i just in the midst of such an intense episode, I was just, like, dying. And I don't even think they meant for it to be that funny, but I was like, this is hilarious. He's like, yeah, I got an idea for you. Uh, one, and, uh, you know, if it doesn't work, there's no escaping. You die. Like, you're just gonna die. And Yuji's like, okay. <laughs> just, I loved it. Like Amaru be like, see you in the afterlife, buddy. <laughs> see you here. Like... <laughs> Aw, tomorrow. He deserved more. He deserved better. He really did. Bro, I wanted more mech. I wanted more Gundam. We all want more Gundam in our lives. I'd like (laughs) I'd like to own a Gundam. How can I how can someone help me make that happen, please? I'd like an eight foot tall Gundam that I can stand in. (laughs) Maybe when we go to Japan. 
<gasps> oh my god, guys, if we get one of those, can we can I like that borrow some space in your to, suitcase? Like, to TSA. <laughs> They're like, uh <laughs> Uh, no, I'll just stand. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, well, it's time for the Shibuya secret. So, did you know that the death wombs are actually named after a certain Japanese painting style? Because duh, death paintings. The names Choso, Esso, and Kechizu all correlate to the nine stages of death according to Kosozu, a genre of Japanese painting that depicts how the human body undergoes decomposition. Ooh, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah, I thought that that was really interesting because like, and I think, and I don't, and I didn't do research into this for fear of seeing what they actually looked like, but I assume that the further down the list you go, like Kechizu would be a more decomposition or decomposed style of like painting and a decomposed character arc. Like, you know what I mean? Like a character design because he's in that deeper stages of decomposition. And we kind of see that from his technique, maybe. I don't know, but that's just my opinion. But with that being said, that's all we have for you today. So don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube. Hit the bell icon if you're listening on YouTube. Or if you're on Spotify, download the podcast. And of course, don't forget to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Hashira Half Hour. On Twitter or X, we're at Hashira Half. Uh, we're going to be posting a lot more. We're going to get some stuff rolling. And of course, we are going to be working on that AOT episode that's coming out soon. If we get that posted. So you'll see that coming up soon as well. We do also have a very special, special surprise coming for you guys soon as well. So hopefully you guys will get to see that uh, coming up shortly. But in the meantime, that's all I got for you. Yo, IMO. <clears throat> Yo, IMO. Yo, IMO. Umai. <laughs> <laughs>